truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all things. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I'll sing for all that you've done for me.
Yes. Amen. Come on. How many got up this morning? We used to sing a song, well, I woke up this morning feeling fine. I woke up with heaven on my mind. I woke up with joy in my soul, for I knew the Lord had control. Come on, somebody. For I'd been on my knees in the night. Come on. I'm waiting on Tina to jump in there. <laughs> or oh, I'm feeling mighty fine. Oh, yes, I'm feeling Feeling mighty fine, I've got heaven. Oh, don't you know what I want? Where the milk, milk and honey flows. Well, there's a light, light that always shines down inside. This, oh, heaven on my mind. Oh, and now I'm feeling mighty fine. Come oh, on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm just trying to give Tina an opportunity to shine here. Come on, somebody. Aren't you, got, aren't you glad you got heaven on your mind? Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord. You might be seated for a moment. What a great joy it is to be together, to worship the Lord, to be the house of God in this place. Amen. Aren't, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? what the Bible says. Amen. Amen. Such a joy to be here. You know, we have some exciting things coming up over the next few weeks. A lot of activities, um, places for you to get connected, places for you to get to know one another. Somebody said, man, we got a, we got a lot of folks that I don't know. I said, well, you need to get to know some people. You know, back in the old days, we'd get up and go shake everybody's hands, but now we're afraid to do that, right? Just look over somebody and wave at them. And after church, if you're not afraid or if we're not worried, then feel free to go shake somebody's hand. If they step back and say, well, I'm not doing that yet, that's okay too. At least you can get close enough and say, what's up, dude? What's your name? <laughs> anyway, good to have the jollies with us. And I'm not talking about Santa Claus. Billy and Cindy, it's good to see you guys. Um, some of you guys know them. They attended here for a season. Um, Billy Jolly was, uh, was a pastor, evangelist, man of God, and um, I've known him for about 16 years, and uh, had the privilege of going, and when, I, when we went to Honduras and was uh, in missions, I had the privilege of going to his church and, and uh, raising some support there, and uh, now he's living in Florida, everybody's going to Florida, I don't know about that Florida stuff, too many hurricanes and all that stuff, I ain't going, anyway, went down to Florida, and is doing a great work down there. We're so thankful that you're here today and, and choosing to worship with us. Uh, I want to get him to come and preach for us sometime because this guy is an evangelist, right? And so we, we, we're going to make that happen, brother. That way you can get, come up and see the grandkids more often. <laughs> Amen. Um, the first week of November, we're going to do a a conference. I'm not calling it a revival, but I believe it is a, a revival of sorts. We're going to be doing a conference, and uh, we're focusing on the end times, the last day. Um, Grant Williams, a wonderful pastor, uh, brother in Christ, who, who lives in Michigan, is coming. And, and um, if you will, play that play that 30-second video right there. I command you to know the signs. If we couldn't know the signs, why would he command us to know them? For 
40 years, for 40 years, the church has jumped up and down. 40 years ago, they've jumped up and down talking about the rapture. And now, 40 years later, no one wants to talk about it. Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, Noah got on the ark. This is in Genesis. It says he got on the ark, then the waters came. Anyway, I hope that you will invite some friends, um, let them know it's going to be on a Sunday morning, the first Sunday of November, the Sunday morning, that Sunday night. Uh, we will have a, a special gathering on Monday night at uh, the Dyer's house. He will be there to sit around, do question and answering, and uh, some more time spent in teaching. We'll come back on Tuesday night, Tuesday through Friday night. We'll be right here, and um, like I said, invite your friends. It's going to be a great time to under to hear how current events relate to end-time events and to just be spawned to be encouraged to be the last-day church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, I don't see. Anyway, um, OCC has done a phenomenal job. If you're wondering what that is, it's Operation, uh, um, Operation Christmas Child. I'm super thankful for our OCC team who's jumped in and who's been super faithful. And there you are right there. I was, I'm looking for you. <laughs> Get up here. <laughs> sorry. Derek, I'm sorry. I was looking at you thinking, where's she at? She's supposed to be sitting right beside you. But no, you are, you're good. You're awesome. Helen told me to sit on the front row. So, um, yeah, just... To clue you in a little bit, the reason why we're continuing to pack boxes above our goal this year is because one of our dear sweet members who was for the last number of years going to a sister church of ours down in um, Lenore City, um, that church is no longer going to be packing shoe boxes. And last year they did 463 um, boxes. And so in um, honor of Miss Helen and Sixth Avenue Church of God, we want to try to um, keep going and um, pack more boxes so 1, that one one thousand so that so that um, God can make up for the lack, and He always does. If you are so inclined to want to take your own shoebox home today and pack it and bring it back. Um, by the first Sunday in November, there are boxes at the back of the auditorium by the Christmas tree. And um, you can pick up a brochure that tells you what to pack and um, even includes a few things not to pack, like liquids and breakable items. You choose if you want to pack for a boy or girl. There are three different age groups. It gives you all the suggestions in there. If you need any help, please come see me or Helen. Um, there are several other promotional pieces back there, um, like the Making Disciples 
where every child who receives a shoebox is then invited to participate in The Greatest Journey, which is a 12-week discipleship course taught by trained leaders, um, pastors, and church leaders that helps leads, lead kids um, in discipleship and to come to know Christ. You can sign up to pray for Operation Christmas Child locally and nationally and globally. Um, and if you're packing with children or grandchildren, um, they can fill out this page um, called Let's Be Friends, and you can put it in that box of the child who receives your shoe box. Um, we'll get to know a little bit about you. If you feel comfortable putting your address on there, they may write back to you. Um, please feel free to take one of the pictures, post that on your refrigerator perhaps, to remember to pray for Operation Christmas Child. There are also some bookmarks um, that you can pick up that has specific prayer requests if you want to stick that in your Bible or your prayer journal to pray over the coming weeks. And on November the 7th, the first Sunday in November will be Family Sunday. We will be taking up what we're calling a noisy offering this year. So if you have kids or grandkids or feel so inclined, there are decorated um, tin cans and right now I have them on the table in the foyer, but I think I'm gonna move them over here after service. And um, just ask that you collect change. Your kids can ask neighbors or um, family members, or you can take it into work and ask your coworkers for change. And then on Sunday, we'll dump them um, into little red wagons for our noisy offering. Um, if you'd rather do it a little less noisy, I've got some coffee cups. You can stick this in your car and um, every day just stick your change in it or stick it on your uh, desk at your office and ask your coworkers to contribute, you know, maybe what they would spend on a coffee um, and see if we can raise the shipping. It's only $9 to send a shoebox around the world. I promise you, if you take this shoebox filled two, three, four pounds to the post office, it could cost, when I did this four years ago, it would have cost $56 to mail this if it were four, four pounds. <clears throat> That's been a couple years ago and postage, postage has gone up. That wouldn't include the gospel booklet that comes in that child's language every time a box is handed out. Every child gets the greatest gift, gospel booklet. Um, it, also, it also pays for the training for our ministry partners because Samaritan's Purse, Operation Christmas Child, does not go into a country and just hand out boxes and leave. We partner with local ministries, with pastors. They are the ones who are there. They invite the kids. They know the kids. They know the families. And then they follow up with those kids and with those families. And so we help to train them. We give them the materials that they need. Um, we ship them. It doesn't cost them anything. We handle all of it. So $9 is a steal. We're looking at raise, raising several thousand dollars, um, especially if we get to a goal of, of a thousand shoe boxes this year, then we're gonna need um, close to nine grand to do that. Um, They'll take our boxes anyway. They're not going to turn our way of boxes if we don't raise the shipping, but we want to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to us and help the boxes get to where they're going, to the hands of boys and girls who otherwise might never ever hear about the love of Jesus or receive a gift. And we want them to know the greatest gift, 
the love of Jesus Christ and salvation through him. So if you have any questions, please come see me or Helen Moore. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lydia, Helen, for what you do. Look, I know that, you know, the government says we're having a chain shortage. That's because half of you got it's got that chain stored up in, in some kind of jar beside your bed. So uh, this is your opportunity to be able to participate, give, and be a part of, of, of OCC and touching people's lives. I can personally vouch that OCC does give these boxes to children. Um, in the territory where I served as the overseer for the Church of God in Honduras, um, the churches all throughout that area received boxes for children for them to go out and to touch lives of children, to be evangelistic and reach children's lives. So I am a personal witness of what OCC does, and I'm very thankful for that ministry and thankful that the Church of God last year partnered with Samaritan's Purse to, to encourage our Church of God churches to participate in OCC. So I would really encourage you to be a part of that. It's going to be a great time. You know, look, we all can't go around the world, can we? But we can help others touch lives around the world. So I encourage you to be a part of this. Thank you so much once again, OCC, for your commitment, your faithfulness, uh, your uh, wonderful displays, and how you are always aggressive and reaching the lost. Amen. Ushers, would you come? Yeah, that's all right. Let's give these guys a big hand. Come on, ushers. So, on October the 18th, Monday night, we have CR every Monday night. But on October the 18th, we have the Shine Effect coming. It's a, it is a, uh, a Christian band. Uh, they do praise and worship music. They do some alternative um, Christian music. It's going to be a great, great time. We'd love you to be a part. We have some on the back desk back there. Wave your hand back there, Miss Debbie. Don't crane your neck too hard, y'all. But back there, she there is tickets. And we did that, the tickets, because it's, it's a free concert. But we did that so that you can personally invite someone. So if you'd like to grab some tickets and invite some people to come, it's going to be a great time to be able to fellowship together, to worship God. There will be a meal that night. Uh, so we want you to, if, if you want to come at 6 o'clock, you can be fed and then come to the concert. It's going to be a great time be together on the 30th. I know I'm sharing a lot, but, but I just want you guys to get it because some of you guys don't pick up a bulletin and read it. And then I get calls, well, I didn't know about that. Well, I'm telling you right now, we're having this. And then uh, October the 30th, uh, we're having a praise and worship night. We have a couple of different um, praise and worship leaders who are going to be coming to lead us in worship uh, our youth ministry is, is the ones who are um, encouraging, but it's for everyone. And we would love for every one of you to come out. We've invited several of our district churches. And so I would love to see our church represented very well. Come on. So come be a part. It's going to be a great, wonderful time. Look, if you, um, if you were, a, were affiliated or a part of Mountain View Church of God, at any point in history, um, they're having their 75th anniversary, and they've invited anyone who would like to come to come out and be a part of that. Uh, if I'm correct, that is next weekend. Next weekend. So that's going to be a Sunday afternoon at 4.30, a meal, 6.30. Our state overseer will be there uh, speaking. If you'd like to go, 
go and support our sister church there at Mountain View. On the 31st, we're having a fall gathering at the Dyer's house, at Kim's house. We would love you to come out and hang out. We had close to 150 people last year. We had chili. We had all kinds of fixings. It was a wonderful time to sit together, to get to know one another, to, to meet new friends. To If you're looking for a way to get connected with folks, it's a great time to come and just hang out. We have a big bonfire. Uh, from my understanding, there's not a pumpkin patch. My son looked at the bulls and said, Dad, are we growing pumpkins? Because I don't see any pumpkins in our field. There's not a pumpkin patch. Uh, I saw where somebody put three stalks of corn and said, this is a senior adult maze. <laughs> that could be possible, <laughs> but not probable. We are doing a pumpkin painting. It's going to be a, a fun time for the little kids. So there'll be games. There'll be candy for the kids. We're going to have just a wonderful time. There'll be music, s'mores, all that good stuff. Come, enjoy, have a great time of fellowshipping together. It's important. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for, for what you've done for us. As we were just singing, worthy is the lamb slain. Lord, thank you so much for being the scapegoat willing to be released into the wilderness for us. Thank you for being willing to sacrifice, leaving the throne room of heaven so that we could have eternal life, that we could have life more abundant even right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given us the grace to live and breathe and have our very being. Thank you, Lord, that all of the entanglements of the world can be, can be let loose because of the breakthrough that you have given us. And Lord, we surrender and submit to you today. Have your way in us. Change our lives, oh God. Let us see who and what we should be doing and who we should be in these last days. Being a kingdom church, a church that is willing to reach the lost, knowing that the time is nigh, that, that it is coming very close for your for your return. And Lord, may we be ready and may we be urgent in reaching others with the love of Jesus with the grace that you have given us, may we give to others. May we raise up a new generation of those who trust you in Jesus' name. Bless every gift and every giver. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You want to get back on your feet and worship with us this There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. 
some faith. Amen. You got to say, Lord, even though I don't feel like it, even though life is not what it should be or what I feel like it should be, I still believe that you're God. I still believe you're on the throne. I still believe that you're sovereign. And I know that you've got me in the palm of your hand, that you are my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my Redeemer. You're my Deliverer. I might have been broken, but I know a God that can put me back together again. I might have been broke, but I know somebody that's in the restoration business. My God is an awesome God. He's powerful. He's looking for some people who say, I will love you no matter what. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Praise your name. You know, we we say this word and, and we and we believe that it's in every language. Hallelujah, right? No matter if you're in 
somewhere in Honduras or in the jungles of Africa, whether you're over in Europe, whether you're over in Asia, the fact is, is when they say hallelujah, it cross-translates. It means praise God. Come on. But the root of that is hallel. And sometimes I believe that we get so stuck up in our own pride that we're afraid to truly let loose and give a hallel moment. Because hallel means to act clamorously foolish. See, David understood this. When David was marching through the streets, his wife didn't like it. Because he's out there dancing. Woo! He got a jig going on, right? And the Bible says that he took his outer garment off. And he looked a little bit indecent. Kind of like I look a little indecent right now. Look, we need to get over ourselves. We need to get over what everybody else thinks about us. We need to quit worrying about what everybody else thinks. Because what matters most is that the eyes of the King of the King of Lord of Lords is looking down at us. He's wanting to see our praise. The Bible says that He inhabits the praise of His people. If we sit back and we shut up, the Bible says the rocks will cry. Look, I don't want no rocks to cry for me. I don't want birds to sing in my place. I want to worship God with all that I am, with all that He's called me to be. I am His instrument of worship. You are His instrument of worship. Nobody can praise Him for you. You have to praise Him on your own. Your worship might not look like my worship. Your worship might be reserved. Mine's a little crazy. But I want you to know, worship God. Let Him enter in. Let Him enter in. Let Him have His way. If it means raising your hands, raise your hands. If it means shout, shout. Come on. If it means dance, dance. Look, just because I got saved didn't mean I stopped dancing. It just means I traded partners. Some of you guys have darkened the doors of bars and dance floors all around. You said, well, I've got saved. Well, I'm telling you what. Your saved has got a little pride up in you. You need to get humble before the Lord. And you need to dance. Look, King David was the king, but he still danced before the Lord. Come on. He wasn't afraid to worship. He wasn't afraid to shout. He wasn't afraid to give God praise because he knew where he come from. He was a little shepherd on the banks. He was a little shepherd, shepherd and sheep. But guess what? God raised him up to be a king. You might be a shepherd. You might feel like you're nothing. You might feel like you're lowly. You might be the least of the least, the youngest of the youngest. But here I'm here to tell you, if God's called you, worship Him. Worship Him. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. Know that He's right here to meet you where you are. You might say, well, I'm loaded down. Well, I'm here to tell you there's a place where you can let it all go. Come on. There's a place where you can lay it down at the altar. There's a place where He says... Come to me, all you are burning and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lay it before Him today. Turn it over into Him today. Worship Him today. Let God be God. Let the enemy scattered in Jesus' name. Let's worship Him. Stop working Even when I don't see it You're working 
Darkness 
mau sembaring.
You know, a universal sign of surrender is to raise your hand. And this morning, if, if you say, Pastor, there's some things that I really need to let go of. But this morning, would you just raise both hands and say, Lord, I surrender them to you. Lord, today, with arms lifted high, we recognize that there's still things in us. There's still hidden places. There's still struggles. There's still family members or situations, God, that are beyond our ability. But God, we need you to intervene. We need you, Lord, to touch us and to encourage us. Lord, we feel the emotional stress. We, we don't always handle the turmoil that, that is sent our way. But God, today, every broken place, every emotional distress, every inner turmoil, every external hindrance today, God, we lay before you. We raise our hands to say, God, we surrender it to you today. Lord, we don't know how to do it. We don't know how to overcome. But all we do know is, God, our eyes are on you. We're putting our eyes and we're positioning ourselves to align with your perfect plan and your will. And today, God, intervene. Today, break every barrier. Today, bring breakthrough. Take every stronghold and demolish it. Crush every attack in Jesus' name. Lord, let us stand before you with holy hands, without wrath, without doubting, without fear, without compulsivity. But God, in true surrender, God, we surrender to you, Jesus. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our church. Have your way in the family of God, the body of Christ. Lord, move in us. Let us be a congregation that is, that is unified intent on caring about the message of the King of Kings to this world that is so in distress. Let you be the Christ of our crisis and the strength in our weakness and the peace in our storm. God, we praise you with all of our heart. We love you. We surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Is that your prayer? Can you give God praise this house? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's so good, isn't he? Josh and Jody, bring that little rascal up here. I would say it's a first-time guest, but he's been here a few other times. Man, proud of you guys. I blame you. I don't know if you heard that. He said, but I blame you. See, I did marry you guys, didn't I? You did. I did. Give these folks this wonderful young man's name. 
This is Everett Elijah Keeble. Everett Elijah Keeble. Come on, somebody. Lord willing, I'm going to preach on the Elijah church today. That's just confirmation for y'all to know. We're not dedicating the baby today, but at a later time when you guys are ready, we'll look forward to do that. But I just wanted to congratulate you guys um, and, be, and just say thank you guys for being a part of AMCOG. We love you guys. Thank you. Love, love even the grandparents and all those folks too, good folks. Love you guys. Thank you. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. What a glorious day it is, isn't it? If you're visiting with us and haven't filled a visitor's guest card out, we would love you to do so uh, in the front of the chair in front of you or somewhere along that way. There's some cards that you can fill out, but we're not going to track you down. We're not going to hunt you, but we would love a record of your visit to so we could let you know how much we appreciate you choosing to be with us today. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. You guys look great today. Look to somebody and say, you look great. Yeah. Look to your second choice and tell them they look great too. Amen. Amen. God is good. If you have your Bibles, turn on me to Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. <clears throat> I want to, I, I feel y'all's pain, uh, singing and preaching together about strips a few gears. <clears throat> it's not, it's not COVID though. It's too much shouting. Can you get too much shouting? No, man. I pray for the day that we just get free up in this house. Come on. Because, you know, some of you guys were raised in one of those kind of churches. And y'all were, y'all were used to letting your hair down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Kicking up your heels and worshiping. And I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to that day when, man, we just let loose up in here. Where you, you get uninhibited by everybody else and you let loose of all the stuff that's held you back. And you just get free to worship God. You just get free to bask in His presence you know, you get one of them ugly cries going on where you don't care what anybody else thinks and your mascara is running and you just shout and snot. And no matter, no, who, who cares, right? Mm. I'm ready. Come on. <laughs> Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. We shared last week on the fact that the Lord is coming. Amen? It's, it's going to happen. He promised it. He's faithful to his promise. He has always been faithful. He will fulfill his word, his truth. And we need to be ready. Amen? Luke chapter uh, 1, verse 17, we read about John the Baptist as the forerunner of Jesus. It says... He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and, 
and, to, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. From this we see that a type of one who prepares the way of the Lord, right? Scripture identifies and records this. It also shows us the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 7, 24 through 27. And when the messenger of John had departed, he, be, he, be, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are gorgeously, somebody say gorgeously, I just love that. I think I fit into my son's shirt today. Indeed, those who are gorgeously appareled and live in luxury are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. This is he whom it is written, Behold, I'm sending a messenger before my face who will prepare your way. Come on, before you. We understand that this is the context of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 and 5. It says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill will be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm going to spit this out before I spit it on Miss Ann right there. Sorry. I mean, when you see scriptures, we can assume that the spirit and power of Elijah is a picture of those who are preparing the way of the Lord. We see that? I mean, can you identify with that? I mean, we know that the Lord is returning. We we can look at Scripture and we can identify the truth that the Lord says, I'm coming back, right? So it's not an issue, is the Lord coming back? Because he's already stated, I'm coming back. I guess the question that stirs in my spirit is, is what about the last day church? What should we be doing? What does the last day church look like? Amen. I mean, should, should they not function as John did? Should they, they not be walking about in the spirit and power of Elijah preparing the way of the Lord? Should they not be uh, walking about in such a manner as that? So when we think about that, with that revelation in mind of the life of Elijah, it becomes a practical demonstration of the characteristics of the forerunner of the church. We are the forerunner. Amen? When you look at Elijah, the word Elijah means God is Yah or Jehovah is God. And we think of, when I look at the word Elijah in the New Testament, Elijah is written 30 times in the New Testament. So evidently it was significant to understand Elijah is important to us. Right? When you think of the 30 times those who are in numerology would tell you that 30 represents the priesthood, right? The number of priesthood. 
And, and so when you think about the priesthood, it, it really denotes the throne room of God. And, and when you identify the throne room of God, you realize that it's a, a significant because it represents the authority and the maturity of God in us. Amen? Amen. So when you look at Elijah in, in, on the mountain, and he is in a contest, if you will, at least they thought it was a contest, in a contest with the prophets of Baal, and here he is uh, speaking words and calling down fire, we, we see this powerful move of God, we see this pan, uh, prophetic panorama of the end time spiritual war, and, and so we are, as Elijah, in a panorama of the prophets of Baal fighting against that, and yet we have the authority of God to call down fire Somebody with me? Y'all, got, y'all still caught up in the smoke of glory and the worship, ain't you? And so when you think about that, we, we, this parallels us today as the end time, as the prophetic church, as the going about, as the forerunners of Christ's second coming, and we are the, 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 the spirit-empowered people of God to fulfill his plan. Now can I get a witness? Amen. John's name means Jehovah favored. Ooh, come on, somebody. So when I look at these things of John the Baptist, Elijah, I see this, there's, there's some comparisons that we can see in the lives of Elijah and John that, that we can draw parallels with from us today. And, and, and number one, I believe that, this, that they reveal the intention of the true church. Come on. I mean, when you look at Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17 and 1, it says, and Elijah the Tishbite, <laughs> I love that. It wasn't a snake bite. It wasn't, you know, any, it was a Tishbite. Of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Think about that. Can you imagine going about in the power and the spirit of, of Elijah. Can you imagine going in the power of God, speaking things into existence were not there? Come on. I mean, doesn't the word of God tell us there's power in the tongue, life and death in the tongue? And how many of us use the tongue so often for negative things? We speak criticism and critical things. We always are identifying what is negative and what is broken. And yet, in all of that, we are a church of broken people. Ouch, right? So look, guess what? You can look around and you can identify a bunch of broken people. If you've come to to find a place to be critical, guess what? This is a great place. Right? Because I guarantee you, every one of you has some kind of quirk, hurt, habit, or hang-up that you're dealing with that you don't want to tell anybody about. Some of them's hidden. Some of them's very present. (laughs) But yet, there's different ideas of when the church began. Some would say the church began with Abraham because Abraham was before Judaism. Abraham was before the the Jewish nation. And yet, it was accounted unto Abraham as faith, right? It was Abraham who paid tithe to Melchizedek. Think about this, right? So some would say that the church began in faith through Abraham. 
Others would say that the church began with Jesus in the New Testament, right? I'm not telling you which camp you need to believe. I'm just saying that the church is real. But in these last days, we can identify that the church has to be a church that is anointed and appointed by God. It has to be under the power of the Holy Ghost because we cannot, let me tell you this, if Jesus Christ is the head of the church, it will not be an inept church. It will not be an impotent church. It will be a church that is powerful. It will be a church that is productive. It will be a church that follows the plan of God because he's the head of the church. Come on, somebody. And so, therefore, we can see that that, that the, the true church is revealed when it is walking in the power and anointing of God, when, when it's calling out the things of darkness and, and recognizing that they have to flee in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. The second thing, the church, the church that comes, it's a church that comes to the wilderness. Somebody said, oh my, the wilderness. Right? We get scared about the wilderness. Sometimes you know, when you think of the wilderness, you think of the desert. And it's a, there's a, basically the same idea, wilderness, desert. And somebody said, call me for dessert too. The, the sad part is, is that some of us feel like we're in the desert all the time. We feel like we're in arid places, dry places. We feel like there's no life, there's no joy, there's no happiness. We, we are constantly bombarded by the things of the world, by our own self-condemnation. We feel like, who am I? I feel like I'm just stuck in the wilderness. Come on. Jesus, the, 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 real, the real reality is, is that, that the wilderness is God's will. Ouch. The wilderness is God's will. Think about this. It was Jesus who was led by the Spirit of God. Where? Into the wilderness. Jesus was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness. And, and, and that's where even when you think about it, when, when Israel was escaping Egypt, guess where they were led? The wilderness. You got it. I mean, the wilderness is, is the wilderness season had a determined time. The wilderness period when God's covenant people left Canaan, went to Egypt, was 40 years. But however, when God gave them a promise of release, God's covenant people wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, right? God's wilderness is sometimes is God's plan for us. It's a place of teaching. Say, turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to teach you something. Now look, Y'all can absolutely tell, just by me saying y'all, that school was not my, you know, I wasn't, I mean, I may have a master's degree, but look, I'm still a redneck, and I can't help it. And we all can be taught, right? There's still some teaching that needs to happen. There's still some growing that needs to be done. The wilderness is likened to, to our word of desert. It comes from the the. The Hebrew word debar, meaning to teach or to be taught. Mm, somebody, you felt that, didn't you? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 and 3 says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Wow. 
So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger. Somebody say allowed. We don't like that. Come on, Lord. I mean, some of y'all hungry right now. Y'all can hold off, right? The Lord allows you to be hungry. Thank you, Lord. So when we get big, don't worry. God gave us the desire. He said he'd give us the desire of our hearts. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna from which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you known that man shall not live by bread alone, but, but man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Come on. Wilderness is God's will. Wilderness is God's teaching place. Wilderness is for purpose. It's a place of divine provision. Sometimes we get in the wilderness and we say, God, why am I in the wilderness? And yet in the wilderness, God says, let me show you that you need to be dependent on me because I'm the only way, truth, and life. You get into your own places of, of supply and then you turn your back on God, right? But in the wilderness, God says, let me show you that I will provide for you. Think about Israel. I mean, he brought water from a rock. Come on, somebody. I mean, he let manna, which they didn't even know what it was, and literally manna means what is it. How many, how many have been there before? Y'all have eat, eaten Chinese too, huh? And, he, and he, he gives you this food, and you're like, what is it? And God's saying, I'm providing for you. Even though you don't know what it is, I'm providing for you, Right? I mean, the Bible tells us that their shoes didn't wear out. Come on. Oh, God, let that happen again in my home with my kids. Lord, God provides. It's a place of provision. The other side is that when you think of place of provision, I think sometimes we get in our mind that it's a place of enslavement, it's a place of limitation. It's a place where I don't get to have my way the way I want to have it. And I think that's the mindset because we live in such a demographic today that, that, that we want it our way when we want it. And then we, we, we get really mad when, when the waitress brings us something and we didn't ask for it that way, right? And then we show our character flaws. Jesus help us, right? But to think about it, the escape from, it's literally, the wilderness is an escape from enslavement. Got to, got to change your perspective, right? Got to put on some new goggles. Got to look at it differently. It's an escape from enslavement. And so, so we have to have the, an expectation and an advancement towards the promise. God, you're bringing me out of enslavement. I might be in the wilderness, but I know there's a promised land. Amen? I know there's a place where you have me. Wilderness wanderings are complex. It's, it's overwhelming. Sometimes we don't understand it. Many times people can't understand, what are, what are you bringing me through? What are you doing in my life, God? And, and then we get complacent in the midst of the dryness. Instead of dependency on God, we begin blaming everybody else because we feel the way we feel. I mean, how many of you guys eat one, one meal a week? I didn't think so. I think so. But yet, people will blame a church and say, I'm not getting fed. And they're, and they're trying to live on one meal a week. 
I mean, look, you got to open this every day. If you're depending on me to feed you, it's going to be slim pickings every once in a while. You can't depend on one person to spoon feed you every single week. That means you've got to dig into some meat every once in a while. You've got to get into the Word. You've got to let God speak to you. You've got to have some long time with God who wants to speak into your spirit, who wants to lift you up. It, look, if, if, if I was just living on Sunday morning's bread, it would be a rough week, right? Because I need him on Monday mornings, right? How many of you know what Monday morning's about? Whew, Lord, help us. I need him on Monday mornings. Sometimes Tuesday mornings are just as bad as Monday mornings. I need him on Tuesday morning. I got to have him on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I don't take a break on Saturday. I need him on Saturday. We need to understand that we've got to get fed, right? And wandering places are, might seem overwhelming. It might seem dry places, but if we will find that it is in those places that God brings provision, it's in those places that we, that we don't just give up and we quit. It's, it's the time we dig in and say, Lord, I've got to have something more. I mean, look, when Isaac was going back into the lands of his father, the Bible says he redug the old wells. Somebody said, oh, that's for the old people. No, no, no. There's some fresh water in them old wells. I think sometimes we've gotten so far away from the old well that we, we thirst into death. You need to get back into some old wells. You need to get back into spending some time at the altar of God. You need to get back into spending some time in prayer, seeking the face of God. You can't depend on grandma, the, 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 the matriarch of your family, who's been praying for you all these years because grandma's going to die one day. Amen? It's amazing to me to see families in chaos when the patriarch or the matriarch pass away. Well, they're the ones that held the family together. So what are you doing? They're the ones that just kept us all together. If you were doing it for her, you messed up in the first place. You need Jesus on your own. You need a personal relationship with God. You're not going to be able to depend on grandma to pray you through every time. you got to pray through on your own. You need Jesus just as much as everybody else does. Amen. We've got to change the mentality. If you think that the wilderness is a departure from enslavement and an advancement towards the promise, then we're able to stay focused because we know this is not the end of my journey. This is the beginning. This is the refinement. This is the fire that I'm going to walk through that's going to purify me and get me ready for what God's really got in store for my life. Come on. Amen? Some, how, many, how many know that you, you've had those moments where you've given up in the, in the desert? Come on. We, just be honest, right? We've aborted the mission. Well, God, I don't know about this. I don't know if I can work with that crazy nut. Right? We've, we've said those things. We've gotten frustrated in the process, and we've given up, and God's saying, look, hold on. Because it just might be that person's the sandpaper that rubs, rubs off the rough spots that you need rubbed off. Whew, Jesus, right? God help us. So wilderness is God's will. Wilderness is a place of teaching. Wilderness is a place of God, God's di divine provision. But it's also a place of learning God's way. There's usually several routes that you can take, right? 
I'm teaching Spanish, and these kids are like, well, how do you say that? Well, you can say it this way, or you can say it that way, or you can say it this way. I mean, there's multiple ways you can say it. Tu puedes decirlo en varias maneras. But the reality is, is that, you know, how many like to go the shortest route? Come on, just be honest. We like a short, we like a short route. Kim, when I was taking a trip on the motorcycle up to Pennsylvania and on the way back, we, we, we've been putting in these routes that say no, no interstates and highways. So we're just on these back roads, man. And, and you hit the interstates and you can be there in two hours. You go the other way, it's going to take you four and a half hours. You know, going to my, my, my parents' house in, in Anderson, South Carolina, you know, we can go, the short route is through the Dragon, right? Fontana down that way. Oh, it's beautiful. But if you're the passenger, you're going to get sick. <laughs> but the fastest route is to go out, you know, to Knoxville, Asheville, and all the way around. Thinking, man, that's crazy. The GPS will send you some crazy places, won't it? But I believe that sometimes we as the body of Christ have put in the GPS the shortest route and we think we're going to get there easily and it's the long way. It's the hard way. It's the, it might be the shortest route, but it takes the longest time. And, and we wonder why we're still in the desert because we've been trying to take the short route to get to God. And God said, look, you've got to pass by the neology. You've got to spend some time in the wordology and you've got to get to me in the spiritology. Come on, somebody. You've got to have some time with God. It don't just happen in the Burger King way. It's the impossible whopper. Well, that'll preach right there. We won't meet and we get something else because it's impossible. Jesus help us. The wilderness is a place of becoming an overcomer. Wilderness teaches us how to war, how to fight, how to prepare for warfare. Jesus is our best example of overcoming the wilderness. I mean, look, he went into the wilderness. He was called by the Spirit to go into the wilderness, right? And in the wilderness, he had to do something that we struggle with. It's called submit. Ooh, that's a dirty word, right? We've got to submit. He submitted to the Father. We have to submit ourselves to God. And, and when we submit ourselves to God, we, we realize that the time of wandering seems to dissipate because we get in direct line with God. And God begins showing us the direct path out, right? God empowers us. Y'all get up here and son, land the ship. I got five more pages. We're going to make this a series. I mean, when you think about it, in the Old Testament, sins would be transferred to the scapegoat. And then the scapegoat was taken to the wilderness and let loose. So Jesus was the scapegoat who went into the wilderness, come on somebody, and showed us how to get victory. And because Jesus is the lamb slain from the very foundations of the world, he went into the wilderness and we have victory. And now we know how to have victory. Amen? We got to submit to God first. Amen? Humble ourselves. But you know, as he submitted himself to God, the first place of submission has to be the resisting of the enemy. James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
And so Jesus showed us how to resist the devil, right? We have to learn how to resist. Well, let me encourage you with this, is that you don't have the ability to resist in your own authority and power. You have to be dependent on Jesus Christ and his authority. He has to be in charge of the temple so that you can be overcomers in Christ Jesus. Amen? We're not overcomers in Paul Dyer. We're not overcomers in Church of God. We're not overcomers in Baptist or Methodist or any other background you come from. We're overcomers because Jesus Christ is the head of the body, and we are his body, his bride, and Jesus is in charge. And as we submit ourselves to him, he then takes charge, and we're able to resist the enemy, Right? He resisted presumption. He resisted pride. He resisted the lust of the eyes. He resisted the promise of grandeur. I'll give you all the kings of the world if you'll just bow down before me. Look, all the kingdoms of the world will not save you. You can line your pockets with gold, platinum, silver. It won't save you. It's only Jesus Christ who can give you freedom, who can give you deliverance, who can set you free from the bondage of the past, who can make a new creation out of you. You are, And old things passed away. All things become new. It is only Jesus Christ who can do that? Amen. It's a place of power. Man, I want to preach. It's a place of power. There's about, I just believe there's about to be a release of power in the body of Christ. We've been walking around limping. We've been walking around inept. We've been beaten and battered by the enemy. But you know, every Chuck Norris movie ends, ends good. Right? As soon as his nose gets bloody, he just gets back up ready to fight. Some of y'all know Some of y'all young, y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> y'all ain't old enough. But I believe that we've been, we've had some bloody noses. We've been having some black eyes. But I just feel like there's an an authority of God about to sweep across the church. There's an empowering of the Holy Spirit that's about to take place because some people are, are finding themselves in the frustration. They're finding themselves with the aggravation of the same old, same old. And they're saying, I'm tired of this. I'm done. They're getting up, wiping off that bloody nose, cracking them knuckles like Bruce Lee, and ready to fight. But until we get that place, we're just like an old dog that's been abused. Every time somebody snaps, they're all curled up and their tail tucks under the bottom. That's the way the church has been. Walking around with his tail tucked down his hair and scared to death of what's going to take place. But it's time, folks. My mom got on to me one time because... My poor little dog, my mutt, I picked up, got hit by a car. And, I, you know, hey, dude, I'm like 10 years old, dude. I'm on, I'm on that. I took off running. That poor dog's out in the middle of the road, limping. Mom said, don't touch it. Well, don't, don't, uh, my dog's hurt. I'm going to get my dog. Mom said, 
a hurt dog will bite you. Look, I don't want us to get so wounded to the place where we're snapping at everybody. But we've got to get to the place of confidence where we say, I'm not going to let you whip me one more time. I'm not going to let you slap me one more time. I'm not going to let you take that whip on me one more I'm not your post. I'm not your whipping post. I'm a child of the king. I've been invited to the king's table. I got royal blood flowing through my veins. I've been given the authority of the king. I wear the ring. I got the shoes on. I've been covered by the blood. I've been given the coat. Of, come on. I'm not going to wheel it down any longer. I'm not stopping. What's that? What? Come on, Missy. Tell me what you call it. Tell, say it out loud. What, what do they call that? Huh? What did you say to them about? I've been a coon dog. There's another phrase he didn't know. Remember? Look. You might think you're nobody. You might think, I can't say it right. I don't know how to do it. But you are powerful in God's hands. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You've been called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You don't have to bow down to any enemy. You don't have to subject yourself any longer to the, to the whipping post of the enemy. You are called to be a man and woman of God. You are God's special people. Come on. You need to realize that. You don't have to make, let people sit around and make fun of you. They, you can go to school. Carry your Bible proud. Let them say what they want to say. Tell them I'm carrying a sword. And one day you might make fun of me right now. You might call me names. You might call me all kinds of stuff. But one day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. I mean, when you think about it, Elijah was counterculture. He wasn't subculture. John the Baptist was counterculture. These are other things that we can look at. Look, when, when Ahab's son got hurt and fell, they told him to go to the, to the prophets of Baal, right? So they could heal him. But the problem is he met Elijah on the way. Elijah sent him back. He said, well, who'd you run into? I don't know, some prophet. what did he look like? He was hairy. I know who that is. That's Elijah. Who'd you run out into the wilderness? Is John the Baptist. How you know? Because he was wearing camel's hair. Counterculture. Look, we, we, we want to walk in the authority and the power of God. We want to be the last day church. And, and, and yet we want to do the same things that the world does. There has to be a separation. There has to be 
a protection of the mind, right? There has to be a protection of the heart. You have to watch what we participate in because if we're participating in the same things the world's are participating in all the time, then how are they going to know the difference? I mean, if you're the same, look like, smell like, act like the same thing as the world, when the world's in trouble, who are they going to call on? Because you just like them. I use a real general thing right now, okay? But when we're so much like the world that the world can't tell the difference from us, we need to check ourselves in the Spirit. Because if we are going to be the men and women of God, when the world is in chaos, they need a, they need a Christ, right? Do you know what Christian stands for? Christ-like. I'm, a, I'm not Jesus, but I got Jesus on the inside. And when Jesus is on the inside, he's working on the outside, right? It's going to be a difference because I'm going to be a, we're going to be people of light, used by God. Look, what am I saying? I'm saying, guys, it's time to rise up. If we recognize that we're living in the ultimate days, the last days, then we need to be aware that God's looking for a church who will be a last day church. He needs you. He needs you to be the church that he's called you to be. He needs you to be the women and men of God that the world's looking for. Because look, I'm telling you, when I got saved, they made fun of me. They laughed. Oh, he'll be back with us before long. It won't, it won't take but a minute. He'll be back. And I, I remember, I remember going, I was going to go witness. I finally, I spent some time away from those, that crowd. I'd been really growing in Christ. And, and, and I went down to go talk to them. I walked up to a little barn. And you literally see the smoke boiling out the eaves. I was like, dear Lord, what in the world? And I opened up, and you could reek of marijuana. I stepped way back. I said, oh, no. I ain't getting into that. A couple of boys stumbled out. They said, man, we're sorry, Paul. I know you've been talking to us, but, man, we're, we're sorry. We... You can't come in here. It wasn't an invitation any longer. They knew who I was. They knew I wasn't the same person I used to be. Before, they said, man, you finally made it back. Come on in, dude. Right? Get some of this. The Cheech and Chong moment, right? Come on in. No, it wasn't that. It was, man, I'm sorry, you can't come in here. Was I disappointed? Because I was really trying to get them out. I was disappointed. I wouldn't have went in whether they invited me or not. But at some point, they're going to recognize you're different from them. They're going to recognize, man, you've made, a, you've made another level. You're in a different place. And about two years later, I started getting phone calls. Man, I need your prayer. I need, I need help. They made fun of me back then, but now they're calling on me now. Young people, 
Look, you are my heroes. You are amazing. To know the environment that you live in, to know the temptations that you some of us we didn't even have internet back in the day come on and if we did it was 56 megabytes if on a non-rainy day guys you guys got gigabyte services and everything else man you got everything at your fingertips And yet, look where you're sitting. You're sitting right here in the front of the congregation. <laughs> saying, we want something different. We don't want to be that. We want to be something different. And I'm proud of you guys. I'm super excited for you guys. Stick together. Fight for each other pray for each other. Thank you Paige and your youth team and Billy, you guys. Thank you guys for instilling values and caring and compassion on these guys. But every one of us has a role to play. Every one of us has to be the Elijah church. A church empowered by God. A church that sets itself apart. A church that says we are different from the others. We are not, I'm not saying different from other churches. Get me wrong. We're the body of Christ, right? But we're different from the world. We want to be different. And we're, it's okay to be different. Because it's in that secret place in our differences that we find the ultimate voice of God speaking to empower us. Every prophet was different. Some of you call them weird. I've been called that all my life. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be looked at as something different. Dixie, come here. Hurry. I got to close. I know she don't care, so come on. I love the rainbow. You know, Dixie is a woman of God. I mean, she's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And God has sent her into some places that are dark. I know you guys won't judge her, but she said, Pastor, I, I feel like God's calling me to go into, to be a tattoo artist. And I'm like, at first I'm thinking, are you crazy? But now I'm hearing stories. She said, Pastor, it's, 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 it's very hard they're rough on me. She says, but I don't, I don't do any dark stuff and I won't let anybody, you know, that's not who we are. That's not who I am. She says, but it's given me opportunity after opportunity to love and share the truth of Jesus Christ with broken people. I'm like, wow. She's making an impact. She's making an impact on people that we might not be able to touch. Because some of us, you know, are afraid to go into places like that. But God's using her. You know, separation doesn't mean that you don't engage. Separation says that 
I'm going to live my life with a pureness of heart to care for people even in their brokenness and love them even when they don't love me back. Jesus engaged. If anything that he was upset about was the religious people who looked down on everybody else. I mean, he called a a prostitute out as they were about ready to stone her, right? He went into the, the... Pharisees and house. He went into tax collectors' homes. He reached out in love. We have to be a church that prepares the way for the Lord. You can't till a ground unless you get a tiller out. Amen? And the ground that is the most difficult to till is the land, the land that hadn't been touched in a long, long time. Sometimes you till, it's got rocks in it. Look, Dixie's gone in some very feral ground that hadn't been touched in a long time. Broken people, hurt. Some of them were religious, and some of them were in church growing up, turned their backs on God, calls themselves atheists now because of the way that they were treated in church. But she's made an avenue that says, God's prepared a way for me to touch those lives, to show them something they hadn't seen in a long time. And, and, and I am thank God for creative people that can go in and make the impact that I could never make. I could never do it. I got my hair too pretty. I just wish I had hair like yours so I could actually do something with it. I have worn one of those with the nose too. Can we pray for Dixie? And those like Dixie who are entering into dark places every single day. Sadly, as some of us are running from them, but God's calling some people to them. They need their hands lifted up. They need some errands and some hers to come beside them and raise their hands up. Maybe this morning you've got some dark places that God's sending you to and you've been running from them and the Lord's saying, not yet. There's still purpose where you are. You're Elijah. Your wilderness might be rough, but I'm transforming you in the wilderness. I'm preparing you in the wilderness. I'm providing for you in the wilderness. Father, thank you that you've called us to be your children. Thank you, God, for wilderness times that show us your faithfulness, that calls us to humble ourselves before you, that allows us to fully trust that you are our provider and that you will make a way even when we don't understand or see. And I pray, Lord, that as you call us into places to touch lives, that this congregation will be a congregation who has a passion to see souls transformed as we have been transformed, to see lives being renewed as we have been renewed. God, I'm praying for for those 
as, as they even drive by, Lord, if there's such a pull that they have to just stop the car and come in. Because I'm believing for deliverance to take place. I'm believing, God, for sons and daughters who've been wayward, who are going to, their eyes are going to be open and they're going to feel the necessity to walk back in, be a part of your kingdom plan. And I'm thankful for people who are willing to reach out and touch lives, even in dark places. Not every one of us is called to that, but we're called to be light wherever we are. God, let your empowerment flow through us so that we can touch and transform lives. God, we praise you. We thank you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Is God good? Amen. Amen. I am really, really enjoying being with you guys, enjoying the presence of the Lord, enjoying the freedom of the Spirit. Prepare your hearts. Get ready. Every Sunday, come prepared. Let God transform you. Amen? Come ready to worship. Father, bless everyone. May we be a blessing. May we be your hands and feet into this world. May we represent you as ambassadors of the kingdom of God, as you've called us. God, may we walk in such a way that glorifies you in everything we say and do. May we walk in the authority and power of the Holy Spirit, preparing the way for your second coming. Let us be the Elijah church as you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. Remember all those announcements. Actually, take your bulletin with you. Put it on your refrigerator. Read them. Have a good one.